I know my neighborhood by heart, so it wouldn't be hard to walk from our apartment to the stores blindfolded. And that's what I'm doing. Almost. My book is up in front of my nose, hiding my face so no one will see the tears in my eyes. I'm almost at the end of the story, and I'm sure Lad, the collie, is going to die. No matter that he's old, he's such a good dog. But Lad isn't the only reason I'm trying not to cry. It's because of Pop, who right now is sitting in the big green chair in our living room. Pop home, instead of working, on a winter afternoon. Pop without his job at the bank, and all because of the depression. What does that mean? I asked. And he said it's as if someone opened a plug and everyone's money went down the drain. I know almost all our money is gone. After lunch, when I was drying the dishes with him, I asked, Can't you ask your brother, Elliot, for help with money? Just until the new president, Franklin Roosevelt, fixes the depression? I'd never ask anyone for help, Pop says. Not even my brother. Besides, he doesn't have any more money than I do. I guess I wouldn't ask for help either, I say, considering. All the heroes in the books I've read do it on their own, too. Now I wipe my eyes with my sleeve and turn the corner to Charlie the butcher store. I press my nose against his window, even though it's dusty and a leftover fly from last summer is spattered against the glass. Charlie sees me and raps on the pane. Dum-diddy-dum-dum. It means he has bologna, and he's going to give me a slice right off one end. My mouth waters, but I'm nervous. I want to ask him for two slices. I've never done that before. But Pop desperately needs cheering up. So this time, it's crucial. Crucial. That's one of our words. Miss Mitzi Madden of Madden's Blooms and I are letter writers. We like to use important words on occasion. I love that. On occasion. I've thought about asking Charlie for a second slice of bologna all day. It's just for this occasion, I'll say. And he'll say, who knows what he'll say? I open the door, listening to the bell tinkle overhead. The sawdust on the floor crunches under my shoes as I go to the counter. Hello, darling, Charlie says. He says that to everyone. Is it possible on this occasion, I ask, to have two slices of bologna? Ah, good girl, he says. You want to treat your sister Cassie? Not in a hundred years, but I don't say that. Instead, I glance at the pig's head in the case. Poor pig. His dead eyes stare up at me. The pig is the only thing in the case except for a shiny slab of liver and the bologna. It's because of the depression, Pop explained to me the other day. Everything has to do with the depression. Pop, rail thin, sitting in the sagging living room chair all week, his elbows on the windowsill, calls out once in a while. There goes the mailman. I'm glad for him. Seven kids. He really needs his job. Or, the milkman's trying to hold on, but no one can afford milk anymore. It's because of the depression, Pop says, that Mr. Appleby sells apples out of a barrel on Clinton Street. He polishes them with a rag so the buyers won't notice the brown spots. Doesn't that just fit, my younger sister Cassie says. Appleby selling apples? And what about me? All I want is a dog or a cat or even a fish in a tank that we can't afford. Ridiculous. How much does one goldfish eat? But Pop shakes his head. 
No one has two nickels to rub together anymore. Charlie slices the bologna paper thin. For such a good girl, Rachel, three slices. He beams at me, his teeth white under his mustache. I will never forget your generosity, I say. Then I add, don't forget the cat. He pushes a fist-sized lump of meat toward me, grinning. I pick up the lump with two fingers and the slices of bologna in their waxed paper jackets and skedaddle out of there. Outside, I deposit the lump under Clarence's tree, remembering the letter Miss Mitzi and I wrote to the governor. We told him a thing or two, mostly that we are very displeased about the depression. Where did all the money and jobs go anyway? I wonder if he's read it yet. I hope he takes it to heart. Clarence is perched on a tree branch above my head. His red tail whips back and forth. His fierce eyes glare at me. He's waiting for me to leave so he can have his dinner. I head for home, passing the schoolyard, and look up at my classroom window. Mrs. Lazarus says I soak up learning like a sponge. I smile to myself, imagining long division, the Civil War, and stories of the prairie schooners seeping right into my bones.